Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. And now called the most interesting podcast in the universe, sponsored by Dos Equis. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, uh, back home and uh, recording here on uh, Tuesday morning on uh, March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day to all. And in this week's episode in Pipe Parts, I will uh, give you a recap of my trip and my guest tonight is uh, the bearded tamper, Travis Carr. Plus, we'll have uh, music, mailbag, news, and uh, rant, all that coming up on uh, this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And I'm sure all of you are kind of tuned in to what's going on in the world. So with that being said, let me update you on a couple of things before we get the show rolling. Uh, first of all, the JDRF auction, instead of running it in the end of March and April, well, we'll hold off a little bit. If you do have any items that you want to donate, much appreciated. Please email me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com. I am starting to gather stuff up. Uh, pipe makers, got a pipe you want to send me? I'll take it. Happy to take it. So, please, any donations, Brian, at PipesMagazine.com. And as of the time of the recording, uh, of course, the uh, Raleigh Pipe Show has been canceled because of the uh, because of the state ban on large gatherings. However, the Chicago Pipe Show still still planning to go on as scheduled. Uh, at this point, uh, Illinois ban on large gatherings goes through the end of April, so that means that the pre-show show and uh, the pre-show and the two days of the show are good to go. I am planning on being there myself. I've got my room reservation at the new Weston Hotel. So if you need more information on that, you can go to the Chicago Pipe Show's uh, website or follow them on Facebook. If I hear anything different, I will let you know just as soon as possible. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and let me just say this. Uh, this week's show is going to have some coronavirus-related uh, topics in it, uh, one of which will be here in uh, Pipe Parts talking about my trip, and then at the end in the rant. And that will be it for the rest of the show, all right? For the rest of the shows going forward, we will not discuss this. This will be The show will be a place for you to uh, get away and uh, relax and, you know, not worry about the things of the world going on right now, okay? 
so with that said, my trip on the uh, my my cruise, I knew going there that you know we were we were going into a ship that had had some norovirus issues. Now norovirus is a stomach issue that essentially acts like food poisoning for about forty eight hours, and it's uh, it's not prevalent on cruise ships, but it's a constant concern. So that ship had had some norovirus issues, so there was extra sanitation going on and a few extra precautionary things that they do. Like, for example, at the buffet, we couldn't serve ourselves. Only the, uh, the staff there was serving and putting stuff on our plates. So with that being said, uh, we knew about that. Now, pipe smoking related, um, I had not been on this ship before, but I had been on... Uh, princesses on this class of a princess cruise ship before and uh, if you saw my video on uh, Facebook or Instagram I showed the two really generous uh, comfortable areas for smoking one of them was on uh, deck 16 in a somewhat inside you know a protected outdoor area and it was really nice and comfortable. You could see the ocean from there. You could look out and see the pool. And if you wanted to, you could get a little bit of sunshine while you were sitting there. But it was also somewhat protected from the elements. So if it was breezy, there was a spot to tuck back into. And on top of that, I found one other pipe smoker on the ship with me. So just a, just a regular old guy from Franklin, Tennessee, who smoked his... Uh, lane one Q and enjoyed it and we got to hang out a couple times and smoke our pipes that uh, you know just happened to be there at the same time uh, downstairs inside the ship was the Churchill lounge which sat comfortably about 25 or 30 with good air ventilation primarily designed as a cigar lounge however it was the only place inside the ship uh, yeah, in, inside the ship where you could smoke. So there was, uh, there was a handful of cigarette smokers that came and went. Uh, but really comfortable, a full bar, and they had televisions all around, and the, apparently they were playing European, uh, showing a lot of European sports because I got to watch some uh, soccer matches. Uh, but again, really comfortable, very well ventilated, so even if there was eight or ten people in there smoking at the same time, yeah, not a problem. Also, never a problem to uh, get a seat in there. So that was that was really nice. Uh, the other smoking area was a little corner on deck seven, and that was virtually useless for pipe smoking. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, but again, the ship was it was really comfortable and easy to find those two really nice smoking areas um, on the cruise itself or on the in the ports itself. Not much of an issue with smoking, especially in uh, in Jamaica or Colombia. Uh, most places had ashtrays outside, so that was really easy. Uh, most of the locals were really tolerant of smoking. Uh, Costa Rica, not so much. Uh, Costa Rica has a more restrictive smoking ban, so if you're thinking of going on a vacation to Costa Rica, double check with where you're going. And uh, make sure that you know that smoking is that there are places to smoke because in our little bit of time there, uh, there was smoking areas that you had to go to even in the outside and the public park said no smoking. So uh, just a little tidbit there. Uh, I did get some uh, kids in Colombia that were excited to see a pipe smoker and they tried to 
I don't know how it was. It was a really bad rap that they tried to do for pipe smoking, and I couldn't understand half of it. But anyway, somewhere in there was a reference to Popeye. So there you go. Uh, now on the cruise itself, uh, the ship we were on uh, last a week ago, we were due into Grand Cayman on Monday, and on Sunday they came on and said that. Uh, there were two crew members that had transferred from one of the other ships that was having coronavirus issues. Therefore, we were technically under a CDC no-sail order, which meant that we couldn't dock in Grand Cayman. Uh, and we uh, we just kind of paused there, and uh, they ran the uh, they ran the test out for those two crew members. We had to wait. Uh, we were not going to be allowed on off the ship until we got a until we got those test results back. So we pull into Grand Cayman, get the tests. The tests are done. They're sent back to Grand Cayman and then sent by plane to Miami. That was on Monday on and we were doing on Wednesday on Tuesday afternoon as we were sailing back to Fort Lauderdale. Uh, we found out that the tests were negative and that we were all going to be allowed to disembark as scheduled the following day. So. There was a there was a couple days there where we were a little nervous that maybe we were going to be stuck on board, uh, maybe we'd get quarantined. We didn't know, and of course things are changing in the world as fast as faster than ever. So we just didn't know. We were very happy when we found out that we were cleared to dock and that we were able to get off the ship. And getting off the ship was not much of an issue. Uh, under the thoughts of quarantine, I was thinking, well, I'm smoking in this cabin. That's for sure. Uh, and I was starting to ration out my pipe tobacco to make sure that it would last. That was uh, that was about it. Other than that, it was a great cruise. Uh, food was good. Yeah. Again, all the stuff that a cruise does, this cruise did perfectly. And more about that at the end of the show. So, all right. If you have any comments or questions, email me Brian at pipesmagazine.com. Again, the cruise ships and some and most of the Caribbean ports vary pipe smoking friendly and accommodating to those of us that are pipe smokers uh, there are some ships that are much better than others so just let me know if you're interested in a few months <laughs> all right in just a moment travis carr this is internet radio being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at cornell from the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at CND as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and I'm excited to have our guest on because, uh, you know, Travis is more of a... Um, <laughs> I don't know how to say this, more of a uh, more of a pipe smoker and a hobbyist than anybody in the industry, and you're also somebody that I don't really know that well, which excites me even more because I get to learn a lot about you, so 
Please welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show, uh, the Bearded Tamper, or uh, better known to his family as Travis Carr. Travis, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. It's great to be here. What an honor it is. And you are correct. I do not make my family call me the Bearded Tamper. So we're, we're going to get into the name in a little bit because I'm, I can't grow a beard to save my life. Um <laughs> But, obviously, you must have a beard, and you do make tampers. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But tell us, where where'd you where'd you grow up, and what did you want to be when you grew up? Okay, that's a good question. So, I grew up in a little itty-bitty small town in Missouri called Newburgh. It has about 500 people, depending on what family leaves during what time but <laughs> right next to it uh, about four miles down the interstate down i-44 is rolla so i spent a lot of time in rolla and if anybody ever asks i say i grew up in rolla because that's a lot easier to find than than newberg and what i wanted to be when i grew up when i was little i always wanted to be a truck driver I was just fascinated by uh, by the big trucks as we passed them on the interstate, and I thought that was uh, that would be a pretty cool job. But that is not what I did. <laughs> so, so what'd you end up doing? Oh, a lot. I mainly uh, operated uh, heavy equipment, um, mainly outside labor jobs, uh, tree trimming, but I didn't trim trees. I uh, operated a big four-wheel drive tractor with a gigantic brush hog on the back. And uh, the brush hog was called a brown tree cutter. And it would actually cut trees down that are about eight, nine inches in diameter. Um, it would cut down bigger ones, but that was that's what it was rated for. And uh, that was a fun job. But um, operating excavators, burying utilities, um, jobs like that, uh, cable plows. So instead uh, of operating the big trucks, you ended up operating the big construction toys that all of us kids yeah. played with. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty fun. I had a good time, but then I got older and working outside. You, uh, the, the older I got, the less. I like the cold, and the less I like the middle of winter, or uh, summer. So I opted for an inside job. And now I I wire up electrical panels uh, for a little company outside of Rolla that uh, we retrofit um, controls for CNC machines. Their, Their control breaks down, or just they want to upgrade on their CNC machine, so they call us and we we offer them a brand new control, and then with the control, they have to have an electrical panel to run the brand new motors for the machine. So and that's what I do now. Growing up in the area that you did, I mean that's kind of I guess south uh, southeastern Missouri, kind of rural lots of trees and a lot of time as a kid outside running around oh yeah oh yeah lots of time running around outside well mom 
you know, Bond didn't want you inside much back then, and it was okay to be outside. <laughs> so you could just, you know, she would make you go outside. You'd come back in, you know, at sundown. <laughs> <laughs> come back in when you're hungry or when you can't see where you're going. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, or if you're bleeding. <laughs> uh, if you're bleeding, stay out on the porch because we don't want it dripping in the house. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. All right. So when did uh, when did pipe smoking or how did pipe smoking come into your uh, come into your life? Well, I always I've always enjoyed the like the nineteen twenties thirties kind of fashion and just that lifestyle. You know how that there was always I don't know in, in the pictures or the movies. It was always in a suit. You know, always had a fedora. When they took the fedora off, their hair was you know, slick back with pomade and they had the nice shoes and smoking a pipe. And I just, I, I, I love that look. And, and to me, that's what a pipe, in my mind, you know, kind of represented. So I I went and bought, uh, I bought two pipes at the same time. It was, uh, we don't have a tobacco, like, um, a brick and mortar tobacco shop here. We have, you know, just your your tobacco stores, tobacco slash liquor store, cigarettes, chewing tobacco, cigars, you know, the the fillies and and whatnot. But so there was, they had Doctor Grabo's and some China pipe. Well, I got the cheap China pipe because it was kind of bent, and and I got a Doctor Grabo. And it was it was a straight billiard. It was a lark. Um, well, I probably wouldn't call that a beer, billiard. It was an awfully small bowl. <laughs> but that's that's what it was. And I cannot remember the tobacco. I was trying to think of that earlier, but I I think that it was Captain Black, and I don't know what color. But that that would have been. Let's see here. Um, I would have probably been around 29, 30 when I did that. I'm 38 now, so. So did you have anybody help you get started, or did you figure, no, I know how to do this all on my own? Oh, no, no, I, I knew how to do it. I saw him do it in the movies. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> I did not know how to do it. About melted the pipe that china pipe i think i did melt that thing in half the, <laughs> the stem kept sliding off of it it was getting so hot so i i kind of put that one aside and never smoked it again but the uh, the gray bow you know being wood and and I don't, I don't know what the stem is i don't know if it's vulcanite or or not but uh I, I i did a little better with that but i just i couldn't really get the hang of it so, so i put the pipe in in the in the drawer and and that's where it stayed for years and years. And then I think it was, um, I think it was three years ago, I, I pulled it back out and and I went and got some Middleton cherry, which was another mistake. Oh, Nothing boy, against yeah. anybody that likes Middleton cherry, but <laughs> it's uh, not for me. And I, and I learned that pretty quick. But I... I knew that I wanted to smoke a pipe again. So I, of course, did what everybody did. I got on YouTube and, well, not everybody, but everybody nowadays. 
I got on YouTube and, and was, you know, checking out reviews and what's this, what's that. And um, then I found the, the fantastic world of, of the tobacco, the Internet tobacco vendors. And that's where I went. And down the rabbit hole he fell, never to be seen again. No, <laughs> never to be seen again. Now, well, so in between then, I, I smoked cigars. I actually smoked cigars quite heavily. But um, they, they, they just really, I don't know why I did it, because I really didn't enjoy it while I was doing it. But I, I guess I enjoyed it enough to do it, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's still, it just wasn't your happy place quite yet. Yeah, no, yeah, thank you. It was not my happy place quite yet. I have the same feeling when I'm smoking a cigar, I'm enjoying it, but I'm thinking, yeah, I'd rather be smoking my pipe now. Well, uh, yeah, and that, and that's the thing. I didn't know because I I hadn't figured out how to smoke the pipe and enjoy it, but I knew that I wanted to smoke something, and, and I'd smoked cigarettes, you know, for years and years. But one day I just woke up, and I was like, man, these things taste like crap. Yeah. <laughs> and then I never smoked another cigarette. So I switched over to cigar. I want to smoke some, you know. I, I, I like the smoke. I like I like to I like to watch the smoke, you know, dance as you blow it out. I like I just like smoke and tobacco. But yeah, I when I figured out how to use pipe tobacco properly, it just it, yeah, no, it, it was my happy place. It's a whole new world. So now, three years later, how many pipes do you own? Oh, man. I didn't anticipate that question. Uh, <laughs> Snap question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see here. I've, I have, uh, I would say, close to 30. Not, not too many, but probably close to 30. So you haven't gone crazy. You've just been looking at uh, you know about one a month since for the last three years. Yeah, no, I haven't gone crazy. Sometimes I'd like to, but pipes pipes are not. Um, I like pipes, but I you know I've heard the question: Are you a pipe or are you a tobacco guy? I'm not. I wouldn't call myself a pipe guy because I I get more. I want tobacco more than I want to buy a new pipe. But I, I want to buy a new pipe, but I want to buy tobacco more. So I'll spend <laughs> my money on tobacco rather than a pipe. Because in my mind, I think maybe it's like I can I can take this hundred dollars and you know get a new pipe, or I can take this hundred dollars and get you know a heap of tobacco. Yeah, yeah. That's a perfect spot for us to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more with uh, Travis, the bearded tamper. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, You've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. 
but you're still at the helm, smoking pipes in faithful service of the hobby. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Travis Carr, the bearded tamper. And uh, before I asked you about pipes, uh, so now have you have you kind of nailed down what tobaccos you kind of lean towards? Do you have a do you, do you have a type that's you know? Are you an aromatic or English or Virginia guy yet? Yes, I have figured that out. <clears throat> I figured that out some time ago. Uh, obviously, going through when I first started, going through just about every aromatic there was, and um, destroying my mouth and my tongue. But and then I thought I liked uh, I thought I liked Latakia, but I don't. So I am I am a pretty heavy uh, vapor guy. That's that's what I lean towards quite a bit. Uh-huh. I do like I like a good burly, but. It's it's almost got to have something in it. I mean, it's it's just a I don't know. Doesn't cut it. Is pipe smoking for you? Is it an all day routine or is it an evening only? Or when when do you get a chance to light up? Yeah, whenever, well, whenever I can. If I'm obviously working, I don't. But I I'll uh, I'll have a pipe on the way to work and have a pipe uh, on the way home. Uh, when I'm in the workshop, I'm, I've got a pipe hanging out of my mouth constantly. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's something I, as often as I can, I will smoke a pipe. There you go. Now, yeah. uh, all right, so, you're, so your name on Instagram is The Bearded Tamper. The website is uh, The Bearded Tamper. Uh, it's actually this bearded tamper on the website, but let's talk about the first part. You got one of them big old beards. Yeah. Um, were you born with it, or how long did it take you to grow it? No, I wasn't born with it. It took me a while to grow it. I had to, uh, I tried several times. I, when I was young, I always wanted a beard. That was another thing I wanted to be when I was young was a bearded man. I just I looked at these guys with the beards and and I always wanted one. So as soon as I could, I grew a mustache, and then as soon as I could, I grew a goatee. And I I tried growing a beard a couple times, but people was coming up to me and and was telling me that I I needed to shave. And and these were people <laughs> that I knew, so I took their advice. And uh, probably when I was. Uh, Around 31, 32 years old, I was like, you know, I'm going to try again. So I tried it, and and it was coming in nicely, and so uh, so I grew it out. But in between then, I was, when I was first started to grow it out, I was kind of worried about it being shapely. You know, I wanted that nice beard shape, so I would, I would uh, trim it often, and... And then one day I, I said, you know, you're growing a beard to grow a beard. Just grow a beard. So I quit trimming it, and now it's it's starting to get much longer now. <laughs> now it's starting to hide food in it and small animals. <laughs> yeah. And... yeah, my my cat jumped at my face 
the other day, and I was wondering what was going on, and I didn't know there was a bird's nest in it. (laughs) (laughs) So so the beard's taking on a life of its own. It's its own little (laughs) ecosystem there. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Uh, and I know nothing about beards. I can't grow ones. Uh, any maintenance suggestions for people that might want to grow out a beard? I, I assume you got to like, you know, brush it, water it, feed it. I don't know. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Uh, please, if you're going to grow your beard, please maintain your beard. Don't just let it, uh, run wild and, and, and crazy. Uh, I wash it obviously, and, uh, and condition it. Um, and then sometimes if my, if my face feels dry or itchy, I'll, I'll put some oil in it, but the, I don't really oil the beard. The oil is more for the skin, but for the beard, I just use beard balm. Um, any kind of beard balm really, it doesn't matter. Whatever kind of scent you like, and the consistency of the balm you like, use it. But yeah, definitely uh, comb it. I, I, I wouldn't suggest trimming it because unless you want a certain kind of beard. But um, yeah, let it grow. Does having the big full beard does that uh, does that alter the pipes that you might buy? No. No, I've actually never considered that, and I and I have some, uh, I have a couple little short stubbies that I smoke out here in the shop often, and and it's never it's never been an issue. One thing I use Zippo often, well, all the time, and when I'm outside, sometimes the wind, and I and I get, well, I get fearful because <laughs> it. it And and you might have to awkwardly trim one part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then match up the other part to look awkward like that one. Yeah, but yeah, with a trimmer though, I won't, I won't burn the other side to match. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the tamper part of it, uh, you you just you really enjoy woodworking in your in your free time. I love it. Yeah, absolutely love it. We had a we had shop in in school, and um, I think seventh grade was when I first took it. And I and I love working with wood. That's that was my first introduction to, to, to woodworking. But I fell in love with the lathe. Um, it was there was just something about it that it's it's kind of, it can be dangerous, um, but just. I don't. I don't know. There's just something about it that I like. I just. I absolutely love the lathe, and I anything that I can do on the lathe, I, I try to do it. And when we when we're talking about tampers, I mean we're talking about. I don't. I'm I'm looking at your at the uh, at your bearded tamper on Instagram, and I mean there's you're you're using all kinds of woods and materials and parts and decorations and. Uh, is there anything that you haven't managed to connect together to make a tamper out of? Um, uh, stone. I haven't used stone. I don't know. No. Well, I, 
I try to use, um, I really like the idea of using things that are native, you know, using a, you know, material that's native to, to Missouri, to my area, to where when I, when somebody buys something, you know, it's not just, you're not just buying a tamper. You're, well, you're buying something that's handmade by me and, and it's, you know, some of the material is from, it's from the area here. So my, my Osage orange tampers, those are, that is harvested in Missouri and the, the antlers that I use is from Missouri whitetail harvested here and, and several other pieces of wood, but not the exotic wood, obviously, yeah. like the iron wood and the, and the purple heart. But yeah, I, I, I try to try to spruce it up a bit. I guess you could say, try to make it interesting. I, I like wood and, and I like the way that wood looks just plain wood. You know, with with no dormants, you know, nothing else on there. But I do understand that there are people that do like, you know, they like the the antler, they like uh, they like a brass tip. Um, I tried, I tried actually, I tried um, stainless steel, a stainless steel tip, and with the lathe that I have, because I don't have a metal lathe, that was really difficult to do, and that tamper turned into a shop second. <laughs> because because I don't have the right tools to to mill it out, which you would have to do. It's a wood lathe, is what I have. But now I'm I'm just looking at all these at all these different tampers that you've done on your website, and each one of those, I don't know how you how you say it, but each one of those cuts, or you've done some with some, uh, you know, with. So it looks like you know, like some bamboo style, but it's actually hardwood, and that's that's all done on the lathe with just different blades, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, that's kind of actually turned into my um, air quote signature uh, style, and it's I didn't really know what to call, you know, I didn't even know that I should call it a style, but. That's well, that was the first thing that went through my mind was hey that that looks kind of like bamboo, but I think that we've we've called it um, a tamper with knuckles. Um, I don't think it's actually ever been called a bamboo style. But, but it, the one, yeah, not just it looks make, like it, and then I'm looking at all the other different shapes you do, and I'm thinking, well, all right, you know, from the outside it looks like it might be simple, but when you're doing all these different cuts and different grooves in the tampers and then elevation changes. I mean, that's all lining it up and, and, uh, setting it up again. Yeah. It does look simple. And it, I guess to a certain extent, it, it pretty much is. I mean, you just, you know, you, you, you put the wood on there and then you, you turn it on and, you know, you take the knives to it and, and you do it, but I don't, you really have to know, you know, wood and and what you're doing. And some, if you get too fine, you know, then it'll start breaking, and then you lose the whole tamper. Whenever you know, like the uh, the bamboo part where it kind of peaks up, it yeah. makes the ribs in it. So you, 
it's a yes and no. You do have to know what you're doing, but but then again, it's it's fairly simple. And then you got to sand and polish and and do something to the tamper because you yeah you don't want people getting splinters. No, no, you do not. And and that's something that I I really I really don't want. I don't want any scratches left in the tamper when it gets shipped out. I want it to be, you know, I want it to look like glass. I want it to be just as smooth, you know, probably, probably the same mentality that, um, you know, pipe makers have. They don't, they don't want, you know, you don't want to get a pipe and it's got, you know, it's half finished. It's got scratches all over from where they didn't sand it out completely. I mean, it's the same thing with me and the tampers. I, I really do. I get pretty meticulous about it. And sometimes, I'm over there sanding those tampers for a long time, probably longer than I should, but I think I see a scratch in it, so i got to get it out. Get the finer sandpaper out. Let's spend another 30 minutes on it. And it probably it, it's fine. But. Is, it fair to, is it a fair estimate to say that you spend more time on the finishing with the sanding and the staining than you do on actually shaping the tamper? That is, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fair. 100% I do. And I don't, I don't stain the tampers. I don't really, I don't put any finish on them, because I don't. Um, I've had people kind of voice concerns about putting anything on. They was asking me if, if I put anything on them, and I was just putting some teak oil on it, which is it's not, you know, it's it's it's, it's a natural thing, but it's not, you know, it's not like polyurethane or or anything like that. It's not finished. Um, a product that basically just kind of soaks into the wood and, and brings out the grain and seals it. But um, I gotten away from that. People voice their concerns, so I don't I don't finish it with anything. I just um, I sand it and um, and then I buff it out on the buffing wheel. And then away it goes, and that way nothing, you know, no oils or anything will get in your pipe and change the flavor of your tobacco either. Yeah. Yep. I don't, I don't know that it would. I mean, I, you think in your head, you know, you're putting it on something hot and that hot cold, you know, could, could draw it out or something, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It just, in my mind, it's better not to do it at all. That way there's, there's no concerns. I, I hate to say it, but you know, if you don't wash your hands real good, you're going to get that flavor on your tobacco and you'll be smoking (laughs) whatever that was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Travis, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I am ready. What is your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe. This is a hard question because it, it kind of varies. Um, right now, my favorite pipe is a it's a Lavat and Lavat with a saddle bit, and it's a Rogers Standard. My daughter gave me this pipe with a broken bit, and I fixed the bit on it, and um, it just it fits great in the mouth. It's I've looked it up online, like a $7 pipe, $8 pipe, but it I'm loving it right now. It's a great clincher, and that's what I do. What is your favorite tobacco? My favorite tobacco, I got to say Old Joe Krantz by Cornell and Deal. And what is your favorite drink? And you cannot say moonshine because of where you live. <laughs> no, straight up, it's black coffee. There you go. 
Yeah. <laughs> Boy, Virginia Periques and black coffee. I'm starting to think we might be related. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Put those together. Oh, my goodness. Forget yeah. about it. <laughs> uh, uh, now, now you got me distracted. Um, <laughs> when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Movie. Any type in particular? Um, I like a good Fred Astaire movie. Good old, old school movie. A little Singing in the Rain? Singing in the Rain, yeah. I've never actually seen that one all the way through, though. <laughs> I but, don't, but I want to. <laughs> I don't think you have to. I think it's pretty much the same. There, there's rain and he's singing. Um, <laughs> and then finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory? Oh, I do? Yes. So... <clears throat> I, I'm also on YouTube, and um, I was it was snowing here. Uh, not not the winter that we're in, but the last winter, and it was snowing really big snowflakes. And I thought, you know what, this would make a pretty cool video. So behind our house, we have a little it's a wet weather branch, and uh, there was a little water in it. So I walked down to it, and it had quit snowing at the time. But I still did it, and it was, it was beautiful scenery. And um, and I had some marlin flake. And um, and I walked down there outside, and I don't know what it was, but that marlin flake was tasting so good, I wanted to eat it. And I <laughs> and I did. It was tasting so good that I inhaled some and about got all choked up. <laughs> but I, th- that moment, that, that moment sticks out in my mind as is one of the most memorable smokes that I've that I've had in in my years of smoking. Sounds like one of those magic moments and you got caught up in it and forgot what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Indeed. <laughs> that that was definitely my happy place. Travis the bearded tamper uh check him out on Instagram. What what's your uh, what's your YouTube channel? Yeah. Uh, the bearded tamper. Well, that's easy. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Instagram, YouTube, the website. Thank you very much for coming on, and uh, and uh, maybe one day we'll have a uh, you know we'll we'll have a bowl of uh, of a scudo and a big old cup of coffee together. Oh, that's what I'm smoking right now. We just had a bowl of scudo. Face to face, though. Yeah. Thanks again. Thank you, Brian. Thank you very much. We'll be back in just a minute. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark, and like you, there can only be one Savinelli. This is Internet Radio. And we are back. And, you know, I was trying to remember, I believe Travis is the first artist that we've had on that just purely makes tampers. And uh, not only that, just a just a good, regular guy that enjoys his pipe and enjoys working on wood. So uh, check out everything that he's doing. All right, for music, uh, 
So in uh, about a month or so ago, in talking to Rich Lewis, I found out that also a musician that he's made pipes for is a guy named Steve Earle. And the name the name was familiar to me, but I wasn't really familiar with Steve's music. So I started listening and listening and listening. And what a prolific and talented musician and a pipe smoker. And specifically for... Uh, this for this time of the year uh he's got a he's got a song called the galway girl which goes back to an album from uh about 20 years ago so here is uh steve earl with a uh saint patrick's day special galway girl i took a stroll on the old long walk of the day Soft day, and I ask your friend, what's a fella to do? Cause her hair's black and her eyes are blue. And I knew right then, I've been taking a whirl around a sawtill prom with a Galway girl.
That is Steve Earle, E-A-R-L-E, off the album Transcendental Blues. And he's one of those guys that has a, he does, he's got songs in every genre. I mean, country, rock, alternative, folk rock, Americana. It's just, he's all over the place and I absolutely love it. You can, you can go to Spotify like I did and just put his entire playlist on auto shuffle and and just jump genres. Oh boy, we've got a message. And we have a lot to get caught up on in the mailbag. We'll probably do it in two weeks, so over two weeks time. But uh, here we go on iTunes. Uh, reviewed and rated five stars by the Ham Slam. He says, uh, this is the gold standard of pipe podcast. Brian's format harkens back to an old... T- I, I like anybody that uses the word harken. Besides me, uh, Brian's format harkens back to an old time radio show format routine, smart and funny where it needs to be something to look forward to every week. And he calls it reliable and informative. Well, there you go. That's me. Reliable and informative. Or as my wife would say, steady and full of it. Um, also, Stuart. You writes, I've listened to Brian's podcast for years now, and I continue to enjoy it. I used to listen while living in Saudi Arabia. Well, I've since left the desert, but still find this podcast to be a reliable friend wherever I may travel. Keep up the good work, Brian. Uh, And again, thank you very much. Those iTunes ratings and reviews are much appreciated. uh, And it does help the show uh, stay up there in the listings. So if you get a chance, please do that. Uh, going back to uh, two weeks ago with Chris Feltz on uh, Casey Ghost writes, the Black Patch Wars was an extremely interesting item that I was not aware of. Anytime anybody tells you that there is the possibility of a benevolent monopoly, they should read this. Chris Feltz is a man out of time. Uh well, maybe a man out of an old time. Uh, how could he dress so elegantly and fit the Dunhill image to a T and talk like a hillbilly? <laughs> well, he is a southern gentleman. Uh, and then uh, Dan goes on to write, I wonder how good uh, his dating of Dunhill pipes would be. Dom Flemons is simply an amazing musician. And then Ira, the writing rabbi, says, really good show. The story of the Black Patch Wars was captivating. I enjoyed the interview with Chris very much. He's clearly passionately devoted to the Dunhill heritage. I can just see these pi- those pipes uh, dipping not a bath of oil as they spun around on that contraption he described. Enjoyed the music, too. Thank you. And uh, Trout Times writes, another good show. Love to hear the history and get some insight into the industry. Living in the PC part of Colorado, where tobacco use is looked at close to mass murder, your show is as close to a pipe club as I can get. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome there, Trout Times, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll keep pipe clubbing for you for years to come. Uh, one other comment uh, regarding the, uh, the visit with Chris was uh, from Charlie, who asked what the deal was between the, uh, uh, the Navy and the Marines. I think it's just a... Uh, it's just a friendly uh, competition, camaraderie. I think they like to jab each other, but you know the the Marines always say that the guys in the Navy are the ones that drive them to go do all the real work, <laughs> and the guys in the Navy all pick on the Marines. And anyway, it's it's a friendly rivalry, shall we say? And remember, the Marine Corps is not an official branch because it doesn't have a seat on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. 
Uh, and then last week with uh, my friend Per Jensen, uh, Dino writes, It's always a treat to visit with Per. Great stories, good humor, and interesting insights. Enjoyed the Winwood Classic. Thanks from the poet. It was nicely read. Slim Pickens is right. <laughs> Dino, you're welcome. Um, also, there was a couple comments about some uh, tobacco-related stuff with Pear. Uh, that's coming up in a couple of weeks because he's going to announce some stuff here on the show. So we'll have some more. We'll have McBaron, Pear Jensen-related uh, news and discussions then. Uh, and Casey Ghost writes, your remarks on cleaning your pipe were very good, but as for me, as I've said many times, if my pipe needs cleaning, I just have George Debos do it. Uh, if you haven't had him on the show yet, he would be great. Uh, he'd be a great guest. I have had him. It was a couple of years ago. Uh, while he wouldn't recognize me from Adam, I once had an amazing short conversation with Pear at the at Chicago. I always envisioned him as the face of McBaron and never really thought of him as the head of a pipe company. His stories were very interesting as he detailed how he sort of got into the pipe business. What was he, 8 or 10 when he began sweeping up the shop for his father? It's always a shame when you lose a parent, but especially at, so uh, at... Uh, so, at an early age. Uh, and then uh, Java writes, you really hit it out of the park again with regards to the last two shows. I'm so grateful that between uh, you both, Brian and Kevin, that you've really put together such a winning team and that we can all reap some formidable rewards from your efforts. Best of luck with the diabetes programming that you are putting together again this year. I'll do my best to chip in again. And lastly, thanks for being my friend, Brian. Uh, UDA man, pipe collector 34. You are very welcome. And then lastly, Crash the Grace says, great conversation with Pear as always, very casual and enjoyable. Uh, sorry about your contractors that sound frustrating. Also, my apologies for the long absence. Gray Woody has kept me busy, but I also have been making a lot of handmade pipes under NQA. And just remember that your show is a great way to spend my time in the workshop. Keep it up. Yeah, in fact, uh, if you're on iTunes, uh, first of all, if, if you're on, if you listen on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, click subscribe, and the and all 300 and some odd shows will show up. They're all there, ready for you. You can go back, listen anytime you want for free, and uh, you can do that on any of the podcast players. I um, also had a comment a while back about uh, how are we able to limit the age restriction that I announce every couple of shows. Well, we're not. <laughs> no way that we can limit that. In fact, on iTunes, there's no way to limit the explicit content based off of the user that I know of. Uh, the only reason we do it is based on suggestion so that we're not actively promoting to minors. All right, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, Travel-related stuff, brian.levine at mei-travel.com. And more on that coming up in the rant in just a moment. There's nothing quite like a good book. Or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com.
Let me take this time to give a big shout out to the Princess Cruise Lines and the crew on board this ship uh, this past trip. The Princess Cruise Lines, first of all, one, they changed the wording of their uh, smoking policy because a year ago when we went on there, there was questions as to whether or not you could have a pipe or a cigar in the outdoor smoking areas. Well, now that question has been removed uh, from the smoking policy, and it is any tobacco products can be smoked in any of the smoking areas, and that's also the only place you can vape or uh, do the e-cigarettes. So again, a big thank you and a shout out to the Princess Cruise Lines who have decided that, you know, if you smoke, you smoke. Go in the smoking area. Doesn't matter what you smoke. Also, let me say, uh, this crew that we were on the ship with had been, again, I'd mentioned it before, they'd been under the norovirus issues for the last four weeks. And those guys have worked tirelessly. And then our 10-day crews, these guys, most of them had worked seven days a week without their normal half day off at all and didn't miss a beat the entire time so thank you to those guys thank you to the entire crew of the caribbean princess and the princess company i mean our crews went off without just you know just some minor hitches in it and then the then the corona question came in but again, those crew members working their tails off all day long, day and night, and not even getting their normal half day off because they were doing their jobs to make sure that we had fun. And that's the beauty of cruising is you get on that ship and everything is right there and taken care of for you. Uh, if you're interested in cruising, wait a few, wait a, wait a month or two until this is all settled down or a month or two after it's all settled down. I'm sure there will be some... Uh, really good deals just uh, let me know reach out to me brian.levine at mei-travel.com and again thank you to princess for their new policy or their their clarification of their policy into that crew all right comments or questions again email me brian at pipesmagazine.com promise you the next show's going forward no mention of uh, world issues just a happy place for you to come to and escape and uh, relax with your pipe and uh, sit back with friends, and this will be your pipe club for you, I promise. All right, thank you to Travis for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to the <laughs> this show goes down smooth and easy and no lime required.